Hey, what's going on, guys? It is Owen here, just letting you know that uh, there's some bad news. We recorded one of the most hilarious episodes ever, all about Jonah Hill and his movies with August Aguilar from Strange Film Studios. And unfortunately, the uh, audio got corrupted, and we are not able to release the episode this week. We're going to have to re-record. So instead... We are going to release the absolutely amazing episode that Brando and I were on for Tabletopped with Nick Perrin. I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome back to Tabletop, everyone. Nick, your host here, and today I have some really special guests joining me. Brandon Jacobs and Owen Landsberg are co-hosts of the incredibly funny Banter and Such podcast, where they talk about movies, culture, and all things nerdy. Uh, Owen, you kind of reached out and you said, like, hey, I'm a dungeon master. I love the show. I want to I wanna come on. I want to talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. So um, why don't we start with you? Tell us a little bit about your, like, D&D history. Yeah. So hi, I'm uh, Owen Landsberg. I am the dungeon master of the group. That's We'll, we'll just start there. Uh, I have been playing <laughs> D&D for probably, like, 18 years. So I started uh, around third edition of D&D and absolutely fell in love with it, just being a, a huge nerd my entire life. Yeah. So it's, it's just something that. I had to like branch into and um, about two years into playing it, I realized I've, I like dungeon mastering more. So I've been kind of more of like the professional D and D side of things uh, on the dungeon master side is what I should say. The, the professional the side, you yeah. know, the, yeah, the, where the yeah. real players play yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on the dungeon master side. Yeah. Peasants. You think, you know, D and D you're only a player. Excuse me. Yeah, Like, uh, come on. You don't even plan out sessions. <laughs> Oh, you just have to write it one single character backstory? <laughs> I have to write an entire world. Are okay? you fucking kidding me? This is only one page long. Yeah, no, so totally. hard. Uh, to the point where even um, I used to, we, uh, Brando and I, we used to run a podcast called Hammered in Helios, which was a uh, whole entire world that I had created and dungeon mastered for. But uh, not a whole lot of people know this, but running a D&D podcast, like an actual play podcast, takes so much time editing and I just didn't have oh. the bandwidth to do it. Yeah, for sure. One of the reasons why I was like, I love D&D. I love talking about D&D. I really want to do an in like D&D interview podcast uh, was because a actual play podcast takes about like a thousand times longer to edit. Yes. <laughs> Can confirm. Uh, and Brandon, you uh, are a little bit newer to D&D, but are just coming in. So like, how did you sort of enter in the hobby? Was it through the Hammered and Helios podcast or was it something else or... No, I think it was probably through like Stranger Things and stuff, kind of when yeah. like a lot of other people were finding out about it. And it was kind of like the last piece of like nerdism that I got into because I've always been like a Star Trek fan. You know, I've always, always been to like comic books and like science fiction, fantasy and all that stuff. Um, but I just never played D&D until I was like a full on adult. Yeah. And then finally I was like, man, I want to do this. And like, <laughs> I, I got. Like a friend of mine was was playing, and I was because I was like looking for. I was like, if anyone mentions this, I'm gonna jump on it. Yeah. And my friend had mentioned, I was like, can I can I play? Can I play? You know, <laughs> please, I was like, please. 
I was that desperate guy. I was like, please let me join. Can I be your friend? <laughs> and uh and it was amazing. Like the the for me, like, cause I'm I'm a writer also on the side, and like I love the characters, I love the narrative, I love uh all of the the interactive stuff. I almost I could almost do a whole campaign without any combat. Yeah. But <laughs> I just Or I, by himself. <laughs> you can do a whole campaign by himself. <laughs> well, that's called writing. Yeah, that's what oh, I mean. oh, is that what it is? <laughs> so so we have that, we yeah. have Owen that's like I'm like I'm the person who's writing the story here and Brandon's <laughs> like yeah I love the campaign as long as I just don't have to talk to anybody <laughs> wow no he, I just, he's already got us pegged gotcha. I just I, I'm like I'm just gonna show up with this like weird character and try to mess up Owen's plans that's <laughs> that's my goal one hundred percent that's what he does uh, but yeah. I, what's funny is I started uh, so I've been doing it for a few years now and uh, we just started playing kind of like a custom D and D game with my wife and my two little daughters yeah. mm-hmm. uh i have like an eight-year-old and a 10-year-old and so i started dming for them yeah and so we've been doing that together as a family that's called uh we, it's on uh one of our shows it's uh called swords and unicorns oh that's amazing and yeah swords and unicorns is awesome <laughs> it, it perfectly describes the the dichotomy of his two daughters yeah because one of them is just all like all about the role play loves being into yeah. it mm-hmm. and then the other one just wants to murder everything yeah totally <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. like perfect definition of murder hobo yeah it, it's like equal parts rainbows and gore gore yeah <laughs> I, honestly it's like such a, a common entry path the sort of like i'm just gonna unleash my full id to, to on the table like yes. my, oh yeah my first character um was bill stabums uh and he was <laughs> named after what he does best <laughs> Um, and is that stabbing them? Yeah. So like, I, yeah. he's a rogue, and he was a thief, totally not min maxed or whatever. Uh, I was just fucking around, and I was also like so. Okay, so my kind of entry point to D&D was that um, I really loved, like, the Penny Arcade uh, actual plays in high school, like, way back. And I was oh, yeah. just trying to get anybody to play with me. Uh, <laughs> oh, and everyone yeah. was like, that's a nerdy thing to do. So <laughs> no one really wanted to do it. Uh, finally, I, like, kept kind of, like, you know, I was aware of the hobby, kind of super interested in it, trying to, to play. But then... After college, I really, like, dived in. So, Brandon, I, like, totally uh, understand the sort of, like, getting into it as an adult and having that sort of, like, weird, like, oh, I'm in this now. I love this. This is weird. Um, And, yeah, and at first I was, like, pretty, like, I had internalized a lot of that, um, uh, you know, this is a nerd thing to do, all of you, like, this is stupid kind of thing. And so Bill Stabham's literally, like, I would say, Bill does this, Bill does that. And then slowly, I got more and more into it and less and less, like, embarrassed or self-conscious. And so Bill just started talking about himself in the third person. And then eventually, (laughs) it just became, I do this, I do that. So, like, I totally get it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's one of the great things about character development. Exactly. Yeah, and and kind of speaking of that is sort of what I wanted to talk about with you guys today, which was um, engaging new players, engaging players in general. So, Owen, as a DM, you probably think about this a lot. And yeah. Brandon, uh, as a new player, you probably felt a lot of this and kind of know what works, what doesn't. And also as a DM for your daughters now, you probably are like, you're like altitude training, where it's like <laughs> you, you have these two little like humans who don't give a shit about your feelings. <laughs> No, they're full on campaign. They're full on goblins. They're just yeah. goblins. They're just fucking shit up. Amazing. Yeah. So you guys, uh, I, I'm I'm so excited to like hear your perspectives. So, um, so just to get us started, what do you think? Like, 
oh, uh, Brandon, you said that really story got you in. Um, what was the thing that really like first like got you to lean into the campaign and get you really hooked and interested? Um, I, 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 I liked like my character that I brought and I had all these grand ideas for my character and all the possibilities that can happen. And like, I was just looking for an opportunity for my character to, to, to show, you know, to showcase and be the star, you know? And, uh, so really it was like the, uh, just the role play stuff, but the more you get into that, the more like you evolve in ways that, you know, I wasn't expecting or I'd come across, you know, uh, Owen's characters or some NPC that I'm like, well, this is really interesting. I just like playing off of this guy. And so just any interaction with other NPCs and then uh, eventually uh, our group. I mean, because when everyone really gets into it and we're talking to each other um, as characters – uh, in character and like we're making plans because we had that moment, you know, you have that moment where like you're strategizing on how to do this thing on how to attack this group or whatever. And like you're doing it as if you were playing like a a, a table, a, a, like a board game, like Monopoly yeah, or something. Like a war you know? game, you know? Yeah. yeah. And we're talking to each other like as ourselves. But then like when you noticed, uh, oh, I've been talking to you as my character. And so have you. And it's like, Oh, this is cool. Like <laughs> this is crazy. I love we're being crazy together. Yeah, and, this yeah is amazing. As a DM, that that is why I dungeon master. That's where like I get like, my pants just get really tight, if you know what I mean. <laughs> is is when I set up a situation and I'm watching my table and I I'm no longer watching like my best friends. Yeah. I am now watching them actually as their characters and I can just like step back and don't have to say a word for like 20 minutes and I just get to like observe and that is my favorite thing that's why i dungeon master yeah well it's like that moment that, right there <laughs> yeah speaking of that owen like i i totally resonate with that because i think i played D for a while before i actually uh uh game mastered a powered by the apocalypse game a monster of the week game. oh shit it, yeah it ran for a year it was like the best like rpg experience i've had um and it really got me into what you just said of like there is something hugely rewarding about setting something up and watching everyone just fall in love with the story that they're yeah. telling together it's it's like a, one of the best experiences that you can have and i just wanted to ask you like when you are setting up these sort of things how do you go about that? Because a lot of there's a lot of different ways to dungeon master. There's a lot of ways yeah. to run a TTRPG. Some of them I really disagree with, but that's just <laughs> my personal style. Yeah. Um, and I know, especially with new players, it's sort of like it's hard to to get someone to completely buy in if they're not already a storyteller kind of person. So, like, yeah. what what ways do you approach um, getting a new person in or getting somebody invested in a game? Yeah, I mean, so my first thing, and, and I don't think a lot of dungeon masters think about this, is D and D or just pretty much any tabletop RPG is really hard to get into. Just because mm. there's just so many mechanics and having yeah. to know like, okay, well, what's the difference between strength and dex and how does it affect this skill? What's my hit points? All the classes, races, how things work all can be so complicated for a new person of any age or any intelligence. Right? This, this like, is a great point because like uh, – and a little bit to where uh, Br- Brandon said at the very beginning, like if you – 
I, I read this article that was saying how a bunch of like kind of gatekeepery dungeon master people yeah. were like really mad at actual plays because they don't follow the rules. And yes. <laughs> I think it's because the most exciting, fun part about these games is telling stories with your friends and being together in the banter and just like having that fun. Oh, yeah. The 100%. rules sort of drop away a little bit. Like, Brandon, like you were saying, the role playing, I could do a full game of just role playing. Honestly, that's not really Dungeons and Dragons. Like, that's something. This is like storytelling with your friends, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so going back to what you were saying, Owen, I totally agree that it's uh, it can be pretty tough. <laughs> yeah. So you as a dungeon master, the first step to get a player engaged is to make it as easy as possible for them to sit down at the table for their first session. So yes. most of the time when I'm talking with a new person... I don't show them the player's handbook or anything like that. I just go, hey, think of like your favorite movie and like your favorite character. I mean, like I always say like Lord of the Rings because that's pretty simple. But like Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, any Marvel character. I'm like, if you could be somebody, what would you want to be? And if someone goes, hey, like I really like Scarlet Witch. I'm like, cool. Well, then we can talk about having you be like a sorcerer or a wizard or a warlock. Like Mm. if that's what you kind of like. And then like class and race and all that stuff and just kind of start to ask those questions to bridge that gap. And then interesting way to do it. uh, Yeah. She's saying like, what archetype in our culture do you find yourself drawn to? And if they're like naming, like you said, like spellcaster, spellcaster, spellcaster to like like, help them out with that. Yeah, that's a really smart way of approaching that. Or if they go Judge Dredd, I'm like, cool, you want to go Paladin? Let's go. Like, you know, just straight (laughs) fuck shit up Paladin. You know, I've never thought of Judge Dredd as a Paladin. Oh, he 100% is a Paladin. I am the law. I am the law. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, in like fourth edition, he's just like throwing Oath of Enmities around. Oh my God, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I mean, you you want to say Dredd would be like a lawful good paladin right but he's just straight oath of vengeance if you're talking fifth edition he <laughs> i don't just... even think he's lawful good i think he's just lawful neutral, neutral. Yeah, yeah. Lawful doesn't neutral. matter we're following the law everyone yeah. i'm gonna fucking kill you yeah. if you don't <laughs> i mean that's kind of a lot more on the lawful evil side but you yeah know, pretty much this is not an episode about how amazing the dread movies and comic books are um, yeah. so it, it could was, be it could be i'm down uh I was just talking about Dread, the the Carl Urban Dread movie with a buddy yesterday. Um, but Dude, those are so good. It's so good. Hey, we have a movie podcast. <laughs> yes. Because we do this. Because we do this all the time. It's like, oh, yeah. let's talk about that movie. So to get back on track, what I do, though, is a moment a player sits down, I immediately just have the character sheet ready for them. Yeah. I let them to have ownership. You know, like I said, like they kind of basically come up with a race and class. But like, I'm like, hey, like, wh- what's your name? How old are you? The height? What do you look like? So they have ownership in it. So it's not just like a bland character to them. But with all the rules and everything, I just have everything sit down. Because if you try to get a new player to sit down at the table and go, hey, for the first three hours, I'm just going to basically like verbal spew at you rules (laughs) and all this shit. It's you're immediately turning them off. So I would say for sure. First thing you got to do is make sure that for for word you use gatekeeping, the gatekeeping is as minimal as possible for the player. Yeah, I I mean, I've even seen some folks and I really suggest this too of like when, like you said, build out that character sheet for them. And then I've even seen people highlight the main skills that they want to use. So because like skill checks is just a list of like numbers and it can be confusing. So just, you know, highlighting the ones that they're going to want to focus on and like having the specific numbers that they want to look at a little bit more um, really brought to their attention. And then 
what do you guys, both of you, since Brandon, you just went through this and Owen, you have DM'd for a bunch of folks. How do you go about telling them about backstory? Do you essentially tell them like, hey, write a one paragraph thing for your first character. We're going to take this super light. Do you say, don't prepare anything. We're going to figure out who this person is as we go. Like, what, what, what is your kind of style? Hey, Brandon, do you want to tell our story of, 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 of Croft's backstory? Yeah, or really any of my character's backstories. Of, this is what I love and hate about Brando uh, as a player is go ahead. Tell, just, tell, just, your, tell your one-sided story. Just, just pay Pages of backstory. Well, I, and I love that. I love when uh, a player comes uh, to the table with like at least an idea of like who who I am and what do I want. And like we talked about archetypes, and not just archetypes in the sense of like class mechanics, but also archetypes in the sense of like storytelling archetypes. Like what mm-hmm. kind of character archetype am I? Um, you know, like I, I, am I going to be like more of like the caregiver? Am I going to be more like a mentor? More like the outsider, outlaw, or whatever? And you know, when when that personality and and the danger of that is that and I, I think that i fell into it early is like i have like too much of an idea of who i am and what i want to be 100 percent, and it's and, such an easy <laughs> trap to fall into man like yeah. you're not the only one the first but, time he sat down at my table to play D D, we, we had been friends for a while but he eventually was like hey like uh, we we just need you to start dungeon mastering for us because his old yeah. group fell apart i was like okay he wrote a whole backstory and i'm not kidding you is what like four to six pages yeah, long yeah. of 10 point font, single space, no paragraphs. <laughs> it, was, it was formatted. Yeah. And so he shows up at the table and he's like, Hey, um, how much did, what do you think of my backstory? I'm like, I didn't read it. He's like, wait, really? I'm like, no, I'm going to have you condense this down into two paragraphs of everything that I as a dungeon master need to know. Yeah. And that, and I think that's the difference is like that. I learned that here's what I need to know. Like when I sit down at the table, mm-hmm. I have things about who I am. Like I'll have like, you know, personality things and, and, you know, notes of who I am to help me remember who I am to be in character. But what, what the DM needs is a lot less than that. Or maybe like a few key points of, saying hey here's here's like a backstory idea you can use that if you want um you know have this kind of open-ended thing and the biggest thing for me though was adapting to the group dynamic was Mm -hmm. because you know i came to this table with this idea of who my character is but once we start interacting and i realized oh this is who i am in this group you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm this guy of the group. And, and it can be completely different than who you thought you were going to oh, be. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. One thousand percent. Yes. And I think I was I was fortunate because I've had experiences like I, I probably would have been like I would have held on to that too tightly. And mm-hmm. but luckily, I've been in some good groups with good players who are just really witty and really fun and really funny and like really open. And I'm like, you know what? I'm having too much fun to resist what's happening right now. You know, like this isn't where I thought I would be going, but I'm going to go this way because this is just a blast, you know? Yeah. And that's one of the things I, 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 I tell my players too, especially new players. I'm like, Hey, look, you see where the story is going. Like the plot hooks, like, Hey, if the, this session is, we're all going to this cave to go kill a bunch of witches or hags, whatever (laughs) you want. Right. Uh, uh, gelatinous cube. There we go. Let's uh, let's keep it super nerdy. Gelatinous cube. Uh, and you and you decide your character doesn't want to do that. I'm like, I'm sorry. As a DM, your character gets left behind. I'm yeah. like, I'm not going to sit here and run two different storylines for you. So I'm like, as a player, it is also your job to be involved. And yeah. like, so yeah. find a way to say yes to the story. Mm-hmm. And if it's you're reluctant and you want to be vocal about it, 
great because that's role playing right there. But at yeah. least you're going to be vocal and reluctant about it with the group in whatever the setting is that we're doing for the session. Yeah, and that's the common thing, right? Is like everyone likes to play that Wolverine character, like that outlaw lone wolf character, and that's a fun character to play. But, but yeah, but can you- I also say it is everyone's instinct to make that character be their first character and it is the worst character that you could ever be for the first character it, it, it is it, not fun percent. to play unless you're like really good at like role playing and very familiar yeah. with stuff because often you're just gonna be like grumbling in the background not doing anything and everyone's gonna be like <laughs> yeah. man this this guy kind of sucks the <laughs> amount of times that characters come to the table and it's like i want to be an elf ranger that's like forsaken his bloodline i'm like so you want to be dritz is that is that who you're trying to <laughs> tell me like who I was like, oh, his okay. name is Larry Stu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that, um, like, for me, the the biggest thing that I had to learn is uh, backstory wise is that I would always want to really flesh out a, I, and I think this is also another thing for the beginner uh, person. Like when I first wrote my character, um, I wrote a really tragic, like, long backstory. And it was like this whole sort of like adventure that had already happened. And then my yeah. DM was like, and you're level one in this farming village? Like, what, what has happened to this person? <laughs> to, see, my, yeah. my, my flaw was I did that same thing with this like huge tragic backstory. Yeah. And I'm like, this is so cool. The problem was none of the other players cared about that. Like, yeah. this is my tragic backstory and yeah. my character cares about this. But then when we were actually playing the game, like no one cared about it. And and so like I, I you know, was kind of disappointed at first, but then I had to think like you have to make like look for a way to make it interesting and fun, you know, f- yeah. for other because, it, you know, they, they don't necessarily care about like my wife who died 10 years ago, you know, or, right. you know, in game. And and un- unless like I would talk to the, the DM at the time and say like, hey, how can I make this more interesting? Like, how can is there a way we can incorporate some of this stuff into the story? And I would always like ask questions and I, and I, I leave it up to the DM because I think it's the DM's discretion is like how much. To involve a character's backstory yeah. in this their is, campaign. Yeah, a great point that I kind of. This is actually my next question for you guys. Was so like one thing that I like to do is sort of rotate the spotlight of which character an adventure is sort of like highlighting. Essentially, um, not saying that the other characters are not you know important to the story, but if I'm you know mid campaign and we need to start progressing a storyline that is has been brought up by somebody and like has continuously this player is expressed interest in this part of their character right um then i will develop a story that kind of centers around that issue yeah that the whole table can talk about and then we like after that it's not like okay we're only going to talk about this for you know 10 years we like move on very quickly to another character and so everyone feels like they have that time as the main character so it actually feels a lot more ensemble so everyone feels important um but like what do you guys do to really make sure that somebody's ideas gets brought into a campaign especially for children brandon like how, how do you how do you sort of like you know invest them in their story ideas because ultimately it is collaborative and and how do you move that forward well i i think the the big part of it is i think you know as a dm you have to be willing to uh incorporate some of your characters backstories into your campaign you mm-hmm. know because that is just so exciting especially for kids because yeah. they because they don't see it coming you know what i mean yeah. they're like oh my gosh that was my you know and you yeah. know and and you kind of look at like with my daughters they they have they kind of tell me 
their character, which they're essentially playing themselves. When you're like yeah. eight years old and ten years old, you're playing yourself uh, like personality wise. But you know, my one daughter is like a half elf druid, and we're like, okay, well, why are you a half elf and living in this area that's not known for for uh, you know that's just primarily human area? And, and she's like, oh, I don't know. And and so like any <laughs> any any way that I can you know incorporate that in and make that as part of the because I and, you know I have like the general outline of like where I want to go with a story. Um, yeah. But if there's like, man, how can I plug this in? It's like, oh, now this person is related to you or, you know, mm. and, and I, if, if we have to, uh, you know, I might let them know ahead of time, like, or might sit down with them ahead of time and say, like, hey, who was your mentor or who yeah. was your, your father and mother or whatever, if you need to. And, and, you know, that way we're on the same page. I wouldn't want to just say like, oh, these are your parents. And, and uh, <laughs> they're like, no, they're not my parents. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, well, Go yeah, ahead. Keep, sorry, go ahead. Oh. Uh, well, I was just going to say that, like, I think the biggest thing that I've been really cognizant of lately is that the only thing that can make a player, in my experience, really lean out and disconnect from a story is when they have, when the DM's idea of what a character's story or who a character is, is dissonant from what the player thinks that that character is. And then when they try to, like, impose those on the same story, there's, like, it just doesn't work and the character feels like, uh, I don't, I don't, or the player feels like, I don't, this doesn't feel right. And I feel like that's the, like, the way to make somebody lean out the fastest. So I think that that's so right of, okay, like, what, what, what do you think about this? And then start building that into the story so it, it, it matches, you know? Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, plus I think, you know, we're, we're playing with cliches. Also, you know, a lot of these archetypes, there's yeah. a lot of cliche in the archetype, you know, like with the tragic backstory and, oh, it turns out they weren't really dead. You know, mm-hmm. in some of these, you, we all know where this is going. You know, like yeah. when we sit down to watch a movie, we know where this is going. Part of the, the fun is experiencing it, though, and seeing how it plays out and see it, how it's a part of the world and the campaign at large. And I think that's OK. I think some of that is like being willing to be open and 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 saying like, OK, where do you want your character to go? Or what are some ideas that you have about your character? You know, it's kind of like, we know where we're going with this sometimes, not all the time. Right, yeah. Um, and that, that's okay too. You know, not everything needs to be a surprise, <laughs> you know, and sometimes there are surprises and that's exciting I mean, you, too. You, you got to keep, you know, subvert expectations when you can, but as well, like, <clears throat> there's a reason why there are those key elements that you see in every single story. Line. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the student, uh, the master dies and the student has to like overcome the evil guy. But you realize that the master was actually the evil guy all along. Like th- that's a typical storyline. Oh, yeah. And yeah. but you can have fun with it. But there's a well, reason why that. it makes fun. Yes. We did yeah. that exact thing and, in Hammered and Helos. Like I had a mentor character who and I was I was like a previously evil character. And now mm-hmm. I was a good guy. He was an assassin. He basically was like the John Wick. He was an assassin yeah. <laughs> that wanted that yeah. left the organization to start a normal life. I was life. the Wolverine loner guy, <laughs> yeah. right? But like and and but I knew that Owen was going to bring back my mentor, and I was going to have a showdown with him. Mm-hmm. You know, and we were yeah. going to have some kind of. I knew that was going to happen at some point. But here's the thing: every single day that I came in and sat down. I didn't know if it was going to be today, you know? Yeah. And then, and as something plays out, I'd be like, oh crap, is this it? Is it happening now? And then it would go a different direction. I would cheese it every session it would, <laughs> and it would never happen. And so to, to well, when to, it finally did though, I have made, to tell yeah. you, dude, my heart was <laughs> racing, man. I was like, I was like, this is it, man. Yeah. I've dreamed about this. Like I have ideas of what I want to say. And, and then the way it played out just went in all kinds of different ways. And it's like, 
that was awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, yeah. it happened. It was awesome. And, and that's one of the things that I really enjoy doing. One of my, my favorite part of being a dungeon master is I make fun of Brando about that like six page essay on his backstory, <laughs> but I honestly did. Well, you prefer I, that over like the guy who's coming cold turkey. Uh, not really, to be honest. Oh, really? I, I, both, both are great because it depends on the player, right? Uh, the person that comes cold turkey could be a person that 100% wants to develop the character as they're role playing it, they want to go in not with any idea and see kind of like how you were saying, Brando, with like, well, how does this character fit into the group and the storyline? Yeah, just let it happen. Yeah. But yeah. like my thing I like to do and and Nick, you brought this up, too, is like trying not to show light uh, one single character spotlight mm-hmm. one single character too much. Or like Brando, you said as well, like no one gave a flying fuck about your character's backstory. (laughs) So my favorite thing to do is try to interweave everybody's backstory together in some minor ways with the main story. So if you're if you're dungeon mastering like a big epic campaign where there is the BBEG and the final session when everyone's level 20 is they finally get to fight the BBEG and die. A good way to keep the characters entertained and engaged is to make sure that their storylines are a part of the main plot in some way. So yeah. for for instance, in like Brando's thing, he like he was saying, he's the John Wick ex-assassin character and whatnot. Like his organization was a part of like an evil side of things uh, and was like also with like one of the other characters who was an orc, like his mentor was hired by the assassin and stuff like that. So if you can intertwine people's backstories together even in the most minor way it starts to get the players to actually care about each other's backstories a little bit enough to where they'll start asking questions and therefore then like i was saying like i have the moment where my table is now interacting with one another and asking Mm -hmm. questions and it just makes it a lot more fun and in engaging well a perfect example is is like when we had you know like a character from uh somebody else's backstory can be like a henchman or a lieutenant of Mm -hmm. a main bad guy where you have your your main bag but it turns out oh one of their main henchmen is related to my backstory you know and it's like oh that's cool like now i'm personally invested in the in the larger story yeah, one yeah. one thing that Powered by the Apocalypse and uh, specifically Monster of the Week, but I think all of them do this in some way, is that when you do your character creation, you have each person ask a question of another person. And usually it's something like, how come you owe me a favor or something like that? Yeah, like you 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 get to entwine yourself with that other person from the jump from like character creation so that they are, you know, a familiar face at the bookstore or this person found this like artifact in your basement and they're like, why the fuck did you have this like magic lamp? <laughs> Dude, and there's a great uh, tabletop RPG, Fantasy Flight, does the Star mm-hmm. Wars RPGs. Yes. Uh, yeah. And honestly, like, so as a DM, I, I have dungeon mastered multiple or game mastered, I should say, multiple different tabletops. And one of the things I try to do as well is incorporate things that I love from every single tabletop. And Fantasy Flight did a great job because they realized that in Star Wars, every single character you see comes at you not as a fresh character, but already has history. So what they did is they use the example of like Han Solo, where Han Solo, when we meet him, already has a debt to be paid to Jabba the Hutt. We don't see (laughs) it happen. It's just like reference. And that's why he has to take the job from Luke and and Obi-Wan. Yeah. And so what they do in the tabletop is they have you like – figure out some type of debt or whether it be like monetary society, like a blood bond or whatever to figure out like something that your character already has in his backstory, which I really enjoy. And that's something I always try to bring into every single tabletop that I run. 
You should check out Urban Shadows. It's another uh, really great TTRPG uh, that uses the Powered by the Apocalypse system. Mm-hmm. In that one, the whole game is based around social debt. Yeah. So when something happens, you can actually incur a debt upon an, another player, an NPC, or you can start gathering debts from other people. You can trade debts, and they can actually be used in-game to, like, say... Hey, uh, you owe me from when I like say, like I, I patched up your wound in that gunfight. Yeah. You should, you gotta let me into this club through the back door right now and you have to ask no questions. It's a currency to be used. Yeah. It's literally currency that you can spend. And, uh, it's, it's a really interesting mechanic. Definitely worth a read at the very least. Um, but one thing I want to ask you guys too is that once you have sort of the game going, they've sat down, you've, you've forced this person to, to sit down and take a chance on an RPG. Um, you have, you've given them sort of like a one pager they have their character sheet what kind of story are you running and brandon what kind of story would you suggest like what what really brought you in and what did you really enjoy doing when you were starting to get them hooked like what what are you formatting that first adventure as is it a lot of combat is it just like rping like what do you try to do to get these people to really get hooked well, I, I try to have a little balance of kind of like the three main, you know, you have like combat and role playing and exploring. And so when I, when I sit down and write, especially the first one, I want to have a little bit of each if I can, as best I can, um, not to cram too much into it, but then to just see which one they gravitate uh, more towards. Cause they might really lean into one and say, okay, well, let's, let's, let's go in that direction. And, you know, what, what, especially with, uh, with, uh, swords and unicorns, you know, mm-hmm. I want something, it, it some of the oldies are the goodies. You know, there's, there's some things that are universal about storytelling mm-hmm. that have been around for thousands of years. You know, like when you, when, uh, when uh, with swords and unicorns, our first episode, it starts out, they're at a festival and then all of a sudden the mayor comes out, there's a tragedy, uh, you know, uh, Prissy, the purple prancing pony, which is everyone's favorite, will ha- was kidnapped. Little Sebastian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, essentially, little Sebastian. For, you know, it was kidnapped uh, by gremlins off or by rat people, as was uh, off into the the woods. Uh, who will go rescue Prissy the purple? You know, and it's like. Is that, a, you know, some brilliant new idea? No, of course not. It's the <laughs> oldest thing in the book. But they had a blast doing it. So, like, as a, as a you know, game master myself, it, I wasn't trying to impress them with how smart I could be with my storytelling. I was just wanting to just, let's just get going. What is the yeah. easiest, simplest way to just get moving? Mm-hmm. And then once we're moving, I can see where they're going and what they're gravitating towards. And I'm like, okay, well, let's have more of that. And and a big thing for them was like, I you know, I just want to make them the the heroes, make give yeah. them heroic moments. And and I know we mentioned it earlier where we talked about the rules. And yeah. this is a funny thing because Owen, this 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 is why I'm perpetually frustrating anyone when I'm a character. I'm perpetually frustrating the DM. Is I'm definitely the guy where I'm like the rules are just there if we need them. Like yeah. we don't have to follow them if we don't like them. You know, like what dear audience, we- Owen is just shaking his head, like <laughs> yeah, trying to like press the tension out of his forehead. I get PTSD from all these moments. So Brando is an actor. and I'm like, come on, yeah, come on. Brando's an actor. He's not a combat guy in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. So when we get into combat and hammered in Helios, he would try to do the stupidest stuff and make it work. And I'm like, 
look, man, like I'm all about like, the yes with the and. mechanics of the game. Yeah. Like, he's like, I want to jump off this like 80 foot building <laughs> and land on the ground and like do this like diving attack <laughs> on this guy. Bad. And I was like, I was like, okay, you realize you're gonna take like 66 falling damage. He's like, no, 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 I'm gonna roll an acrobatics check. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, uh, yes, acrobatics check can lessen the damage, Brando. That that does make sense, but you're still going to take some amount of damage because you're jumping off eighty feet. Well, I mean, oh, that, oh, and I, let I, me I, say that you're you're not gonna, your argument is not going to find purchase with me. <laughs> I am also uh, an actor at heart, and uh, Bill Stablum's like as a rogue and yeah. as a thief. All he would do, yes. like we would meet, at, especially towards the end of the campaign, we would just meet these giant monsters, and I'd be like, "I'm gonna climb that motherfucker, <laughs> I'm gonna stab him as much as I can." And See, then the DM would be like, "He just like slaps you and crushes you like a bug on his shoulder," <laughs> and I'm like, "But he, how can he even see me? I'm like a rogue, and I'm on the back. I'm like I'm stealthing." And he's See, like, "No, you're that. on his I, body." <laughs> I love that, but I am also Brando. What was? Do you remember one of the first things I said to you when we started playing D and D? Uh, I don't, I don't anything know. you say and do can and will oh, be used yeah. against you. <laughs> so I, I, I am a very big yes and dungeon master. Totally, I, I want it, but as well, like I still need the the players yeah, to have a, a, a fear of God in yeah. them a little bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, so, and, like, and by God, I mean me. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I have like, to say, I have to say, uh, Brandon, I actually, I'm flip flopping. I'm going to Owen's side. You got to have consequences. Well, well, and, and I, don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't disagree with him necessarily, but I, I'm more of a selective enforcement of the rules. Like, sure. you know, with, with my girls, when they want to do something, like I want to set the standard or set the tone and I might bring the rule hammer down on them and I'll be like, okay, you try that and then you fail. And now there are consequences to you failing. And they're like, oh, dang. But if you keep doing that, you're just going to discourage your players, you know, and if they don't feel good, if they don't have that like six seconds of triumph. But that's why later on, you know, if they try something again, I might be, depending on like where we are in our session, depending on where we are, just how we're feeling in the night uh, or in the day of, of playing, you know, I might. I'm going to play loose with the rules yeah. and I'm going to give you this moment and you're not technically supposed to do this, but you do it and, and I see them light up and it's like, okay, I'm not gonna let you do that always, yeah. but you know, I kind of hand it out selectively. And I, and I think with the rules, obviously like, and Owen needs to, I need a, a DM like Owen to keep me <laughs> like in some kind of boundaries, some uh, shackles, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but you know, but that, and then you know, just within some boundary, but within that boundary, I'm a big believer in we got to have some kind of flexibility because at the end of the day, we're just here to have fun, man. We're yeah, here to have, feel totally. good, to, to f have a good time. I think especially for new players, like that first session has to be bonkers fun for them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you for like a new, a new player. Like I've, I've seen some DMs, like things were like, um, in my first session, um, we were in this like kobold pit everyone was fucking dying and all the rules were going bad and there was some light rule bending that allowed like me to use my lucky feet on somebody else's death roll so that yeah. they could re-roll and not just like completely you know tpk their the party the first time kind if, of thing if brando lived in the world the avatar world he would be a rule bender <laughs> that would be his bending right there is, is rules that would be the avatar. <laughs> yes. Uh, but like that, Brandon brought up a good point too. For your first session when you're with players, like you can't just have an all combat session. Like yeah, you need totally. to in, in, incorporate a little bit of everything. And we haven't talked about it, but every single player 
has like their own style. Like Nick and Brando, you both said it like you guys are actors. Yeah. Like you want the role play. You want to engage with your fellow players and the NPCs. That's your number one thing. Mm-hmm. And as a DM, you need to recognize like all the different archetypes and players. There's I think the DM's guide lists like eight different archetypes. And there's like the actor, there is the explorer, which is someone that just wants to like see the world and they're, they're so obsessed with what you've written and whatnot. And then you have like, you know, you got your, your combat guy. He just wants to murder everything. He's like, I don't care about this NPC or what we're doing. (laughs) He's like, I I have a Warhammer game to get to later. (laughs) It's usually your barbarian. (laughs) Yeah. Or your rogue. I yeah. would say those are usually the two that will go into it where it's like, I just can let me backstab. And that was yeah. another thing Brando always wanted to do as his character. Like, I want to backstab. I'm like, you can't sneak attack him because there's <laughs> rules to the sneak attack. He's like, no, I, I sneak attack. Him. Well, like, I, I knew that whatever rule I didn't remember, Owen would remember it. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, hey, can I do this? <laughs> <laughs> so as a DM, like you need to be able to to recognize like, you know, I would say for each player, like their top three fun yeah. things they like to do. Right. So. Totally. Brando is a actor first. He is an explorer second. And then I would say you're probably the watcher third, which is a watcher is just someone that's there for the social interaction, right? They're they're not really (laughs) like so interested in the nuances of, of everything. Uh, they're just there because it's like, hey, I just I like hanging out with my buds and doing stuff, and I I do enjoy this, but it's more about the social aspect. For and, Brando. and as a DM, you have to watchers are they can it can feel very strange running a game and one player is just sitting there watching like just like kind of looking back and forth not really adding anything and then at the end they come up to you and you're like oh shit this person like hated the game they they had a terrible time they're like that was amazing i had a really good time see you next week and you're like what what the fuck just happened (laughs) like that's the first time i ever heard you speak (laughs) yeah and that's the thing is with watchers you need to know that and that is hard for me one of the first times i dm'd I had a buddy that just sat down and, and he just brought out his notepad and would draw something the entire yeah. time he just work on something, which sucks, you know, because you're like, am I not engaging? But like that was his way. He was a watcher and this allowed him also with ADHD, allowed him to totally. focus on drawing. But because his mind was focused on that, he could also focus on D&D. So like neurodivergent mm-hmm. stuff, you know. Uh, well, I think that's part of the appeal yeah. of these RPG games is that it it really does allow so many different kinds of people with so many different kinds of interaction styles, like our personality styles. We're extroverts, we're introverts, we're this, we're that. And and that's why this these games are so great, is because it, it there's room for everybody. Cause you know, across the table from me, uh, you know, I'm just hanging out having a good time. I'm just like interacting as my character. You know, and across the table from me, we got a guy who's like min-maxing yeah. all the numbers. He's like super cautious before he takes any action whatsoever. Yeah. You know, and it's like I I, I love destroying Destroying those those people's <laughs> yeah. days, the, the like power I, gamers. There, yeah. there was a great moment where the whole group and I've been playing with these guys for like four years, and they were like talking to this person who, let me say, the DM was making out to be like new, like evil, but like lawful evil in a way that was like hard for us to confront directly. <laughs> um, and I was like sitting on this like ship at like this cannon because we didn't know what was going to happen. And they all just start talking. They're like, what do, what do we do? Like, should we do this? Should we do this? Like, maybe we should just leave her alone. Should we do this? And I was like, um, 
I fire the cannon. (laughs) (laughs) This is over. You had your time. You had the time to talk about it. We're we're keep we're going. Also, (laughs) the instigator. So your actor first, instigator second. Absolutely, I love the guy who kicks down the doors. You need, and that's that. That's what makes a great group. Is like we would see that dynamic play out because the guy who's min maxing the numbers. He's having a fun time too. That's how yeah. he has fun. Yeah. And is, he's going to getting he's into the drag you uh, bloody and almost destroyed <laughs> through the dungeon safely. So yeah. like yeah. they, the they have yeah. their place. I'm just exactly. You have, and, to have and everyone. He, you know, he formed a plan, and but he needed someone to go. Okay, I just kicked the fucking door down. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. You totally. know, and and that's that's in the group dynamic just works out. And I and I think like we as players we need to be open minded to each other yeah. and like like just like yes and each other and yeah. say like man let's just you do you and you know, I'll do me and like let's do it together and see what Whoa, happens Whoa, phrasing brando phrasing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. you, you get do what me i do you all of our yeah. keys We're in the fishbowl at the door each other <laughs> here at the table together dnd is not an orgy i want to say that for the record this isn't the 1980s anymore where everyone thinks we're getting together to do blood orgies <laughs> yeah that's like way more path But there there is a nuance to that, right? Like, especially with an instigator, if you have that guy that's just he's like, I just want to fucking kick down that door. I don't even care about a plan because it's going to fail anyways. So, like, (laughs) let's just go as a DM. You need to notice that. And at certain times, like I as a as a dungeon master, the instigator has gone to proverbially kick down the door, fire the cannon, whatever you want. The situation is I go hold. I'm like. You can do this, but like these people are, are role playing right now. And I'll say it to the group in front of, I was like, let's 10 minutes, like yeah. let's have 10 minutes of role play. And if at the end of these 10 minutes, you like, aren't like nothing's done. I'm like, go for it. And like <laughs> most of the time the table goes, okay, cool. Which yeah. then the table now knows I have a 10 minute limit yeah. before yeah, I set the, flips the little timer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the doomsday clock is, it has 10 minutes left before the instigator does what he's about to do. And I'm pointing to my, the side of the table. Cause that was Garrett, which was one of our uh, uh, players in hammered and Helios. He was the uh, instigator. He's like, let's just go. But that's yeah. part. Well, that's- but the thing is too, is that, um, so talking about new players and like engaging them, I would even just like a session zero is super important. And also just talking to everyone saying like, all right, everyone, these are like the basic kind of rules of the table when it comes to social interactions too, because I, I think that that is such a smart way of saying like, hold on, that is, you're not denying that person their idea, but you're, you're basically validating saying like, hell yes. That is like basically what I picture in my mind is you are slowly walking over to the door. Everyone else, you have 10 minutes <laughs> to, yes. to figure this shit out if you don't want him to kick this down. Yeah. I think yeah. that that can just liven up the table. Um, and also I, I also, I think that when dungeon masters start saying like, don't do that that's stupid that's wrong that's like not optimal for what you're doing i think that that like kills like such a fun storytelling um moment too where you can just be like hell yes you're gonna go and like try to seduce this goblin okay (laughs) but let me just tell you that this is gonna be really hard you're probably gonna (laughs) fail and if you do things are gonna get bad really quickly (laughs) but like that is a prime example. So as a dungeon master, I would say, too, to use that story is you cannot plan out everything. If you want yeah. your players to be engaged, oh, yeah. you need to give them the freedom to make their choices. You can't like there are times that you need to put the story on railroads like mm-hmm. it ha- just needs to get there. Right. But you need to take allow that story to go off 
the the rails sometimes yes, for totally. the player's sake because that is a great story. Like, yeah. oh yeah, we were in a goblin's den. Uh, the leader, uh, the queen, uh, was lonely, and our bar decided just to try to seduce the queen. <laughs> uh, and either way that story goes makes for a memorable moment for the table. Exactly. For times that your players exactly. outside the table when you're just like hanging out, grabbing a beer, would be like, dude, that was one of the funniest shits I have ever seen happen. Where yeah. it's like, dude, you you took that that goblin queen back and you <laughs> ruined her. We heard her screams of joy. Yeah. <laughs> well and and that and that's what you know you have to keep in mind as the DM is, you know, our goal is not to win. The campaign as a DM, our goal, and even as players, our goal is not to win. Our goal is to have fun, you know, and sometimes failing is fun, you know, and just letting your characters fail and just like, this is a terrible idea. And I'm going to totally let you do this because that is a blast that we Mm had way way more fun. And sometimes, especially for me as like the actor type guy, like I got like four other characters that I'm ready to go with right now. So I'm like tempting the DM. I'm like, dude, you kill me, man. I got, I got to, I, you tempt Just me. Just try it. Yeah. Bring I'll out be another back character. with a new, even more chaotic character. I got an unlimited number of dudes who will kick unlimited down this door. Unlimited annoying characters. I have so many way worse voices to do. Wow. I feel, uh, do we have two Brandos so in this many, room right you, now? You get me, Nick. Dude, you get me. Like I, I also, character you want to do is this chef that has a southern accent. No, it was a New York accent. Oh, it was a New York accent. Your monk is a southern accent. The, my That's monk right. with a southern accent. I, basically, yeah. I base all my characters around just different accents I can try yeah. to do. <laughs> Which yeah, I love. I, I think, okay, so I, I have a quick comment and then a, a final question that I kind of want to explore with you guys. Yeah. So I, I think that it's really important to, as we said, like let your players have so much fun the first time, maybe bend the rules to let them like succeed where you won't usually succeed kind of thing, or like do something that maybe the rules don't technically allow just so that they can really get hooked. I think that that's a great plan. Yeah. I would also say like show them how fun not succeeding can be. Yes. Like, I I always am of the mind that if they get to a door and they try to lock pick it and it fails, instead of being like, uh, your lock picks broke and the door's still locked, I guess you have to go back to town and get a new set of lock picks or whatever. Just have it be like you're you like like slowly, carefully unlock the door, you turn the knob and you open it. And the door has no, like, it's, like, super well-oiled and flies open, slams into the other side, and you just hear an echoing boom go through the dungeon. Like, just do that instead. It's, like, way easier, way more fun, and everyone's like, oh, shit. (laughs) A a forward-moving failure. That, like, you're still getting the plot, and you're not using that natural one to slow it down. You're still doing something kind of fun and wacky with it. Like, the amount of times I've had it, like, a barbarian swings his axe. And he rolls a nat one on the attack. I'm like, the axe head comes off and goes flying off. Yeah. And they're like, oh, what do I got to do now? I'm like, you're the barbarian. Figure it out. <laughs> yeah, and you like, have a bat now. <laughs> no, yeah. It's like, or, or you're going to start wrestling. Or like, I've had a barbarian then just run up to where like the axe head was like buried in a tree. Yeah. And then attempted to like use his hands and was like trying to like <laughs> shove the axe head into people like that as a weapon. I was like, that created like funny moments. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so... That is a, a great kind of segue. So there there can be these great like failure leading to these funny moments, but failure and kind of 
cross purposes can also lead to conflict at the table. So mm-hmm. if you are a DM and you're have like a first time player or a group of first time players and they start having a little bit of conflict at the table, what is the best way do you think to like kind of mitigate that or make sure that at least it doesn't ruin the time for anyone? Because there's nothing worse yeah. than like a, pl- a a party just yelling at each other. <laughs> yeah, I'll, 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 t- I'll take this one. Uh, shots of Jägermeister really helps. Just <laughs> take yes. a moment, do a shot. It doesn't have to be Jäger. It could be whiskey, vodka if you're from Eastern Europe. I was about to uh, say, it's easy for me too on Swords and Unicorns because it's just my wife and my kids. Yeah. So if someone's having conflict, I'm like, you're grounded if you don't shut up right <laughs> yeah, now. <laughs> if you keep poking your yeah. sister, we're going home. No, yeah. yeah. Uh, but on a serious note, shots of Jäger does work. No, well, um, Same with my girls. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm giving you a shot. We here at the Helios stop. Network do not endorse underage <laughs> no. drinking. Uh, just kidding. But no, it's um sometimes you got to let conflict play out just because yeah. it is interesting, but you as a DM start to need to notice when it is no longer conflict from uh character to character and now the players are getting upset. Yeah. And when there's that, there's times when you as a DM need to step in and it kind of sucks, but for the group's sake, you just need to put a like hey, uh, I can tell this is starting to get a little too heated. Let's just move on. Like, yeah, like I, screen wipe Star Wars, screen wipe across, and let's get to the next <laughs> scene. And players can have issues with that because, like, I didn't. It doesn't feel resolved. I'm like, yeah, but this is a situation not about who's right. It's about the table and the story. And mm-hmm. if we have an hour and a half left in this session, we haven't even started the final combat. Like, we need to get to it and yeah. things like that. So you as a DM need to do that. And then afterwards, I'd always say try to sit down with if it's two of the players or it's the whole entire table and like hey like let's let's air this out now yeah. outside of playtime because yeah it's already hard enough as adults to get you know four to six people together every week or every other week <laughs> yeah. to mm-hmm. play so it's like you need to treat this as like sacred time yeah and and have that be it yeah i think that um for me to the because having people have conflict in character uh, is totally fine. And I liked what you said about the Star Wars screen wipe. I always kind of default into essentially being a cameraman <laughs> and start being like, this is what ha- like what is happening on my end so that I can start kind of pulling some of the steam out of it as well and turn it from a player thing into a character thing again if it starts drifting back because – conflict between characters can happen all the time it's fine it it does happen a lot just because you know we're telling a story people don't agree all the time um but yeah i think that the biggest problem and if you've ever gone to any improv class ever you know like you'll know that people think that fighting scenes like where people are fighting with each other last five hours and they just start screaming and then you get louder and louder and louder (laughs) and that's how you win that scene or whatever yeah when (laughs) Like everyone has to know, like just for everyone's, uh, you know, peace of mind and going forward, if you're in a fighting scene, you have to resolve it at some yes. point. You have to like switch from I have to be right to I have to get what I want if that is, you know, something else and maybe peripheral to how I thought I was going to win it. Because, um, yeah, otherwise you just start yelling at each other forever and it, it never ends well. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that's and that's part of what we've been talking about. I mean, and really conflict resolution, you know, even beyond just playing games together, just in life is, you know, sitting down like, "Hey, like do you have to be right right now?" Yeah. Or you know, is that your goal right now yeah. is to be right or is it for us to have fun? You know, is oh. your goal to do things your way 
or is it for us to have fun? Because it's okay if you're not right. You're, God, you're such a parent. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, you're such a parent. <laughs> and, and, and honestly, that's that's part of you know, like just any as any other conflict resolution. Sitting down, it's like, okay, why are you upset? You know, ha- helping people articulate what is frustrating them. You know, saying what what is making you upset. You know, even and that's one of the cool things about being a DM is you're kind of the neutral kind of referee. Um, and you can bring resolution, uh, help two people in conflict bring resolution where maybe they couldn't do that on their own. But you can say, hey, let's just sit down for a moment. Say, hey, why are you frustrated? Why are you upset? What What is he doing that's that's causing this? You know, and then hear him out. It's like, all right, cool. Like, can we agree to this? It's like, okay, we can. Cool. And then for the most part, you know, you, you then you go on, you have fun. You know, yeah. there are people who maybe just they'll never get along or there's just, you know, not everyone belongs on, on at every table. Yeah. And that, I guess that's the really tough thing. I mean, each DM's got, it's like up to them. What call you make, if you're going to like sit someone down and pull the, you know, like push the red button, be like, <laughs> look, you're just not going to work out. You know? yeah. Yeah. But I also think that's okay as a DM. Like, you know, I wouldn't go to that right of way. Um, but you know, if you need to, it's also okay to say, Hey, maybe you're just not the right fit for this group. Yep. You know, I would yep. try to do everything I could to make it work. Um, but at some point you might, you know, just say like, look, we're here to have a good time, you know, and, and we want to do that. And, and that I think is the goal. If we can all agree on that, like we're here to have fun together, mm-hmm. then we can do it. And if not, then, you know, we'll, we'll we have to do something else, <laughs> you know, essentially. <laughs> and on that really wonderful note, thank you guys so much for coming on. Owen, Brandon, it was awesome. Can you yeah. kind of plug the stuff that you're working on? The Helios Network is so cool. Can you tell yeah. people a little bit about it? Uh, tell them about yourselves, where they can find you, all that kind of stuff. Definitely. So um, the main podcast that Brandon and I do is called Banter and Such, uh, and that is on the Helios Network, which is a network that we started uh, here in Nashville, Tennessee. And it's just a podcasting network, which is super dope. Brando and I, uh, you're the high prophet, and I'm the high overseer <laughs> yes. of the Helios Network. And <laughs> Those are official titles. Yeah, it is, yes, it is. Uh, and it's literally just, uh, we we know everybody has a book in them and that's Brando's line and I'm stealing it right now. Um, it's not my line, but it <laughs> it's like, we, we're, we're just give anybody and everybody a platform. So we have a bunch of different awesome podcasts that you can listen to on the Helios network. So obviously banter and such as ours, Nick, you gave us a great promo yeah. at the uh, beginning, but yeah, it's just a nerd talk podcast. 99% of the time we're talking about a movie, but it could be, we've, we've talked Dungeons and Dragons before video games, conspiracy theories, uh, just any random stuff, which is mostly movies and shows. Shows. Stuff. Yeah, but and we're we're on all the wherever you get podcasts, uh, and of course, uh, you know my show with my girls, Swords and Unicorns, is is uh, still ongoing. We're we're a newer one. We're also slow, like we said. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of editing involved, a lot of writing involved, and a lot of like corralling kids involved. Uh, but the, the at the end of the day, we're in, we're we end up with something really fun and funny, and I just love it. So yeah, you can go to. Uh, www.theheliosnetwork.com Helios as in like the Roman God of the sun. Yeah. Uh, and that has a link to every single one of our podcasts that are up there. So you can check out a bunch of different fun ones. Yep. And you can find us just anywhere you get podcasts, banter, yep. ampersand, such. such. Then you'll hear our voices. Yeah. And you too, too Nick, yeah. you're going to be on the show. Yeah. Hey, yeah, <laughs> I, might, I will. And we're going to be talking about something near and dear to my heart that is uh, not Dungeons and Dragons, but basically is Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> which is the Fast yeah. and the Furious series. So. Yes. <laughs> How tangentially related is yeah. that? Wonderful. And do you guys have any like social uh, socials or anything that people can follow you at? Or? Yes. So we have the Helios Network on Instagram, banter and such podcast as well. Yep. Amazing. And Swords and Got Unicorns. It. 
And yep, I always forget that one. All which, of them. Yeah. Which, if you are trying to get, like, if you're if you're a family person and you have little ones and you want to get them into actual plays, uh, it's a great one to start with. It's uh, totally family friendly <laughs> and very very fun. So definitely check it out. Yep. Guys, thank you so much for coming on. Dude, uh, this has been awesome. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, <laughs> man. We'll probably have you back sometime anyway, so we'll see you then. Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. All right, see ya. Bye. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Tabletop. My name is Nick Perrin. I'm the host here. If you'd like to get in touch with any of us, including me, head to our website, tabletoppod.com. We have a contact form there that goes straight to our personal emails. And everyone, if you could do me a huge favor, if you enjoyed the episode, tell some folks. Go down into your podcast app and write a quick review. I will read any new review that comes in in the new year, I promise. Feel free to use that for for good or for evil. You can write literally anything, and I, I will just be forced to read it. So feel free to do that now. If you would also like to share the episode with some of your friends, it is the best way for the podcast to gain new community members. And if you are interested in supporting the show, we do have a Patreon. We have a Discord. All of these things are at our website. Again, that is Tabletop pod. Dot com. All right, everyone, I hope you have a wonderful week.